Welcome to episode 42 of Creative Welly. You're listening to the audio version of the video podcast. You can find that over at creativewelly.com, where we have courageous conversations with bold humans. My name is DK, the founder of this little enterprise. Big shout out to John O'Tucka over at Empire Films for producing the video podcast, and also the host of that, which is David Hamilton at Flashdog Studio. In this episode, we get to chat with Vida Cristela, manager of city design at Wellington City Council, and also Digby Scott, mentor, guide, and catalyst for leaders and change makers. A fascinating conversation as ever. Please enjoy. What is it you most dislike? Ooh. Okay. So, faux types, easy, avocado, which is very That's not specific normal. here, yeah, right, yeah, in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, I think I got overfed avocado uh, as a baby, so. Um, my parents could get it for free from some of our family, so they used to get cases full of it. And, and just it's like, just squishy. And, okay. Yeah, so it's, um, yeah. Okay, so avocado for you, so food? For a, yeah, just for the easy first one, uh, avocado. Like, that's really interesting. As I just had this experiment I did this morning, I read about, i got a friend and he grows plants and he planted an avocado seed. I said, I never knew you could do that. And so I, I'm experimenting with learning how to sprout avocado from an existing seed. Is that with the toothpicks? You put the toothpicks yeah, yeah. in and stuff like mm. that. Yeah, yeah. So that's a, I love avocado. So, okay. Um, yeah. So it's not what you dislike then? Go no. On then. What do oh, you right. dislike? Do I, I, I was thinking, I wonder whether you might ask this question. And I thought, <laughs> people who don't appear to be curious, people okay. who don't ask questions and they mm. just don't. It's kind of like people who are on transmit rather than receive. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just a broadcast. Mm-hmm. Here's my world. Here's my view. And then there's like no kind of like. So tell me about your perspective and stuff mm. like that. I find yeah. I find I leave the conversation deflated, or feeling smaller as a result. So it yeah. probably says a lot about me. But there's something about yeah. that that really it, it just gets under my skin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you find that in like any social situations where you meet someone for the first time? And then you walk away, like you said, and you feel like they didn't ask me one question yeah. about yeah. me. Ugh. And you're like, yeah. No, it might. I also come back at that and think it might be a social anxiety thing. Uh-huh. They might be a, just a little yeah. bit introverted, a little bit on that side of the fence compared to me. Who was like, tell me about you. Where are you, where are you from? Got any siblings and all that. And stuff. I've learned to have that grace and give yeah. that sense mm. of, oh, okay, maybe that's an awkwardness. Yeah. And yet, if it's repeated over periods of time with someone, it's like, mm, I wonder what's yeah. going on for them. You know, mm. I wonder what that's about, really. Yeah. yeah. And that's fine. The, the the exchange is limited, you know, oh, as a result. You. Yeah. So yeah. you don't get the depth. Yeah. Yeah. And then when it comes to food, what comes to food? What would it be? Uh, ginger. Oh. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> So we'll swap. Yeah. Each time you get an avocado yeah. for a present, you know who to yeah. come to. And yeah. Yeah, there you go. Fascinating. Yeah. Ginger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like fresh ginger or um, all no, types more of like, ginger? No, you know, like that crystallised or ginger beer. Yeah. Anyone is that? Oh, yeah, it's ginger. not nice. People like, uh, no, good. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we apologising for yeah. just our taste buds? Yeah. Lots of women have um, ginger. I can remember when I was pregnant. Because uh-huh. ginger takes away um, nausea. Yeah, right. So oh. I don't know if you've ever had those lollies you get at the sort of Asian shops that almost look like a cigarette packet and they've got the foil ginger sweets, which are really strong. I used to Ooh. live on them. Is oh, that right? Wow. Yeah. And it worked oh, as yeah, well from a nausea yeah. aspect? Mm. 
I'm no, curious no. about what you dislike. Mm. I dislike ignorance. Ah. Very broad, just reacted. But yeah, people who are a, bit, a little bit ignorant to other people, to global situations, to, yeah, people who just don't try, which taps into your curiosity, uh, people who aren't mm. curious, people who just like, uh, you know, the world is not, I'm not part of the world, you're like, seriously. So it's like they don't seem to care about Yeah, if someone goes, shows a lack of compassion or empathy, I'm like, uh, I, I struggle connecting with them as humans or throwing energy them, their way. I'm just like, mm. So you're looking, Conscious or non-conscious as well. Good yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah, both sides of that. I think I fear appearing ignorant. I think okay. something that's interesting, right? You know, so, like, you know, because we all want to share stories mm. and perspectives and things. Mm. And, you know, as an expat mm. or, you know, someone who's mm-hmm. not originally from here, um, there's a, oh, what if I tread on someone's toes? And yeah. so I kind of I hold back a bit yeah. more because of that. Yeah, and it's interesting because right? that's a different sort of ignorance. Maybe there's a humility with that ignorance. I don't know. There's a yeah, definitely, and it, and it, it's also as well to there's that beautiful saying is then like I, I got strong views, but they're loosely held. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. when someone has a specific way of thinking, someone could be saying, "Oh, you're ignorant to other ways of thinking." Yeah. It's like, no, mm. I'm also really inf- open to being wrong. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I and believe. Interested in understanding why. Yeah, 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 and I'm happy to someone say, "Have you thought about that?" Shit, that's on the table now. No, I haven't. Thank you. Yeah. Mm. Never considered that. Yeah. Adam so ignorance Grant. is a different context. I there. love that, eh? Yeah. So is that saying hold tightly with an open palm? Yeah, there Which we is, go. Same you know, thing. Like, yeah, same idea. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. How do you have conviction but it's also it's not the truth? It's do you feel that that's part of other people? I was just gonna say, do you mm. feel that's part of maturity as well though? Just like the older I get, the more kind of open I get from a perspective of Kind of, yeah, okay, I'm a bit more, man, not manana, more, more kind of sympathetic to different ways of thinking and openness. And to maybe a certain detached. Degree, right? What do you reckon? Yeah, I, it's something you also don't care as much anymore because mm. you have got comfort with where you are, I guess, right. and, and yeah. comfort to then sway because you're more confident in where you started and then more mm. easy to sway if um, change happens. But I think it's also there's the whole, and this is sort of taking it a little bit on a different direction, but the whole segregation of our communities these days and sort of the polarisation and that mm-hmm. then also breeds that kind of self-think. And yeah. um, so it's difficult because I can definitely see that I definitely go down those paths sometimes and you do have to stop yourself and, course, and, yeah. and make put yourself into different environments. Mm. I'm really yeah. interested in that. Like what's the... The segregation. What's underneath that for people to hold? Is it is it an identity they're holding on to, or a story that might be under threat if they if they let go of it, then something around identity goes? What is that? Do you think? Um, I think that. Well, I don't know, but one of the things I think that contributes to it is definitely that affirmation that you get if you're yeah. segregated and you're in a societal yeah. Yeah. or in a situation where other people think the same way. Um, that's some of the really interesting things to try and put different groups of people together, which is a little bit um, what's happening here today. <laughs> <laughs> put simply, yeah, yeah. curate two yeah. humans who yeah. from different sectors, yeah. kind of, who might not have met. Yeah. But don't you think that's the excitement, though, of, of growth, is that abrasion, that little bit of tension of, of kind of, okay, I've got to now translate because of a literacy mm. issue maybe yeah. and 
and that's to fund it. That's where the growth happens. Yeah. I, yeah. What goes through my mind is going into a conversation with a stranger or a group of strangers. There's might be one lens could be what could I learn? Yeah. You know, and the excitement, and maybe on the other hand, there's what's at stake for me. What might be yeah. exposed or something mm. like that? Where might I be seen to be wrong or wanting or something? And I wonder whether mm. you know both of those things are sitting there. And like, which way do you choose to go? You know, and because another thing that bugs mm. me a lot is the othering. It's like, oh, those people over yeah. there, they're different, yeah. right? Mm. Um, and Absolutely. so I have nothing to learn there. Might as well just stay away, keep them away from me, right? And That's a good point, yeah. and. And I, I, I would love to contribute to how that bridge happens so there's more yeah. curiosity and less protection, perhaps. Yeah. Well, you both do that in your ways anyway. Yeah. Like we're talking yeah. abstractly almost. Yeah. Too, I'm super yeah. curious If you drill down to work. both what you yeah, do, yeah, yeah. it is about space, place, and people, right? Mm. And, yeah. the, and the confluence of those elements mm. or my... No, my, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So how do you, you know... Now take what we were discussing and put it into the realms of what you get paid to do. Yeah, so um, <laughs> the most obvious one for me, of course, is all the, the bike lane work. Yeah. Um, where there's quite a polarised opinion around it. But what, we're, what we really try to do is understand how people use and move through space rather than saying we want to put a bike lane here and it has to be X, Y, Z. Um, so that's with the transitional program, what we do is that we go in and try to have that early conversation with people, understand how they use the space, where they feel good, where they don't feel good, mm. and then um, create engagement forums so we can get differences of opinions in the room discussing this. Because if we're, if we're, we try not to put people up for a vote of do you mm. want A or B, mm. because that's pushing people to edges instead of bringing them together to understand each other. Gotcha. And so yeah. the, the whole process is designed around trying to think about um, that early engagement, getting different people together, different professions, different um, experts. Um, we've got a really strong engagement line and then a sort of a technical line and they feed back and feed off each other. And then we have a consultation and we don't put out different options, mm -hmm. but we said this is from all of this back work and all the different conversations we've had with people and people have had with each other and the events that we've held and um, trials, then we go in and say, well, this is the proposal. And if we get that um, voted through council, then we put it onto the ground. And then once again, we get people to say, well, what's working for you? What's not working? Can we change this? Mm -hmm. How does it work for your mum, your sister, you know, your, your father? all of those things and I think that and then there's a decision about what the future should be so it's a whole different way of working which is about getting people involved and actually living the experience and hearing other people instead of a much more traditional approach which is you know a couple of options where people sort of vote for yeah. things and I really do think and this is coming back to the point kind of but I really do think that those collaborative engagement sessions they are fantastic you know, that's there where you begin to get those nuances and can get people understanding mm. different points of views. Um, and, and we learn so much. I mean, where we start is never where we end with what we, yeah. <laughs> we put in. And it's a whole lot of different things that influence that. So, um, Can I ask you about when you're approaching something like one of those conversations, those mm. sessions, what's the, what are the principles that you have to remind yourself to live, to yeah. enact. Well, I guess I'm not. I'm not doing most of those conversations right. myself. I've got a team that does okay. them, and they're fantastic. Um, 
but we we do quite a lot of debriefing and understanding about how we can how we can get, be better at understanding people, making sure that yeah. we're getting people in, included. And what are some that. of the lessons there? That's well, well, that mixing mixing groups, so yeah. having different different people in that, and not doing separate one on one meetings, yeah. but actually getting people together, um, setting some clear parameters um, mm -hmm. a little bit. You know, making sure that there's some of that respectfulness, but also just understanding what everyone wants to get out of the day at the beginning yeah. of the meeting, so yeah. that people feel like they've they've come, something's happened, and they feel satisfied with when they leave. Um, mm. or as satisfied as possible and then yeah I think it's just it is compassionate listening you know yeah. it is we're not we're not there to tell we're there to listen yeah. and we're there to then try and say well we've listened to 500 different views and this kind of steers us some way yeah. through it so you're um, almost like synthesizing after listening like this yeah. is what I'm hearing is emerging yeah. from this conversation yeah. Yeah. you know the thing that strikes me about it is you said a day or the day as opposed to this one hour session like yeah. you're allowing lots of time for it right yeah, yeah. and is that by design as yeah well? it yeah, is yeah. yeah I think um you know the engagement is just it's probably <laughs> probably more important. I shouldn't say this um, to the engineers, but probably more important than actually what ends up on the ground mm -hmm. is getting making sure that we're getting people's views, yeah. um, and then we can tweak afterwards, and then we do with a permanent. But yeah, um, yeah no, the engagement is absolutely key. Uh, I love that. I love it that you allow maybe more time than you think you need, by the sounds of it, too. Because yeah. yeah. how yeah. often do you hear, "I don't have time for a whole day"? You know, we've only got time for. Oh, it's not often a whole day, but it's very different. Like on Saturday, the team was out in Kilburnie, um, yep. chatting yeah. to some different groups around there about low traffic neighbourhoods and different ideas. And there was a lot that came out, and lots of, um, and we'll work through some of that feedback. But I think it'll be quite different than what we went in there. Were saying, hey, what do you think about this? And so that was a, yeah, a good. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was a good morning yeah. um, on my team Saturday morning that they yeah. put into that. So That's yeah, pretty they, cool. yeah, and we're trying to meet people where they are. Yeah. Rather than um, get people to come to us, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say as well. There's a mm. bigger. There's this quite muddy space that you operate in because yeah, you've got the community yeah. as a, an amorphous group of different yeah. types of people in terms of demographics, in yeah. terms of interest, in terms of politics, and all those things. So the, mm -hmm. you can't just lump them into one neat thing. They're like many yeah. under one banner. But then you've got your team and the skills within the team. The the kind of uh, the design, uh, mm -hmm. the the understanding of what's possible, then the engineering on top of that yeah. as well, what's uh, capable to be going in, and not yeah. just possible, as well. But then you got probably a big step back: the wider city plan, yeah. the wider governance oversight of everything, yeah. the finances, the resources on that. Yeah. It's a it's a hard nexus point which you inhabit. It feels like. And yeah. something from my first career was in local government. Ah, oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, there we go. So <laughs> where I did, a, I was involved in a lot of corporate priorities because I mm. actually worked my way up to the chief executive department and I was doing a lot of corporate priorities, which informed the wider long-term plan of a council mm. and things like that. So I remember doing a lot of consultations, but it was very different 20 odd years ago um, compared to what happens yeah. today because it was, these are the three options, people, yeah. Yeah. but this one. This is three, but you put one a little bit higher, right? It's always, it's always number two, eh? The middle one. Oh, that's yeah. The preferred. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's you know, the real estate salesman. I would prefer to really go hard on that <laughs> because we know we got yeah. the money or the political will or whatever. So you, nowadays, I think there's a lot more transparency about that. Yeah. And, and our councillors really care about that as well. Yeah. So um, it's great to have them. And they, and they do have this vision. It's a pretty strong vision around climate 
you know, climate change action and, that, yeah. and um, making a better city and creating an equitable city for people to live in. And part yeah. of that is making sure that people can get around. So it all yeah. kind of ties in. One of the things I'm interested from both of you, it's a little bit of a distraction from this, but um, what's his name? John that does the Citizen book um, from England. What's his name? Can't remember. I don't know. Don't know. Anyway, he's written this book called Citizen. Okay. And it's about collect, you know, thinking about the better for us or for the citizen or for the group okay. rather than having your personal sort mm -hmm. of preferences um, mm -hmm. leading your decision making. So it's, and from Scandinavia, I know that as well, that sort of, um, is this good? This might not be great for me, but it's great mm. for the community oh, in which it. I live. Yeah, what do you guys think about um, that? What do I, I don't know what I think about, I know what I feel. Yeah. I feel like that's a, an idea that time has come mm. where it feels like, and this is really clunky language, but the cult of the I, the cult of the individual, the, the centeredness on, it's about what I can achieve, it's about what I can have, uh, and, and it's, about, it's less about what's best for us. I think mm. that's shifting. Mm. I hope it's shifting. And even, even what I, I was in a conversation with someone the other day, a friend who was originally from Wellington and is now in Auckland, mm. and she said, I miss the conversations about the collective that yeah. you get more in Wellington. About, not just about Wellington, mm. but about New Zealand and New Zealand's place in the world. There seems to be more of that here, she said, than in Auckland it feels a bit more like it's, a, it's still about the eye and okay. it's about the, yeah. um, as a centre of gravity of conversation. And I think, oh, yeah, that, that, that runway runs out at some point, I think. Yeah. And um, I, I'm really curious about your yeah. time in Copenhagen and how, what you notice there and how that compares to Wellington mm. in terms yeah. of its... Um, I we balance mm. and yeah. you've already alluded to it right yeah. and I'm originally from Western Australia yeah. and Perth very capitalist yeah um, and was I spent all of January there and I hadn't been back for that period of time for the whole yeah. 15 years that I've lived yeah. here and my partner came and she'd never been there and yeah. she said there's this story in the culture it's a, like a, 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 a constant theme of a story about the individual pulling themselves up by their bootstraps and making something happen. And it was mm. their effort, it was their sweat. And they, yeah. sometimes they fail, but then they got up and then they achieved this and this is story. And I'd never seen it. Mm. And I've been wondering, why do I like Wellington? What, what is it about being in Wellington? I think it's partly the citizen, the we thing that feels mm. more prevalent here than there. Mm. And I don't want to sound like it's bad to have I and aspiration yeah. and all that. Yet, I, th I think it's limited. Man, that's a long answer to your question. Yeah, but no, it really right. triggered something, hey, mm. for me. Yeah. How about you, DK? When you talked about citizen, and I went to citizenship, mm. because back in the day in the UK educational system, back I think in like 2001, something like that, they introduced citizenship in the curriculum oh, yeah. as mm. a subject a core subject as well, like with English, maths and science. Citizenship was now being taught in schools. And their idea was that we're a multicultural society, we got to kind of introduce this idea of us now, and also the governance idea of, well, how does a country work? I don't know where they got with it, I must admit, but I was fascinated at the time because I was in youth work and I'm doing, working with young people. And there was a, a growing disconnect yeah, mm. around that time with young people, especially on the streets and kind of, you know, 
doing what young people do, being feeling disenfranchised when they mm. are as well from a voting system and all that, mm. just being taught to be this way rather than being part of the thing. Mm. And in the whole youth work system is something which is still there called the, the Roger Hart's um, Ladder of Participation. It sounds exactly what it is, it's a ladder, and on each rung of participation mm. as a model, the higher up, the more owned participation mm. you are, and from a community perspective, mm. it's probably easily used there as well, which is the top rung is, is obviously youth-led and community-led, and we as adults support that and stuff. But bottom is like tokenistic and all this other stuff. Right. Yeah. And it did feel like citizenship or citizenry, as introduced yeah. as a concept, felt very tokenistic. Because all it was being is taught yes. rather than mm. experienced. Yeah. And invited in living it. Mm. Right? There we yeah, go. Yeah. It, it, it could have been a, a vocational um, a subject rather than mm. a taught subject. So mm. what is it to be a citizen? Well, in your communities, is, does, does the community need anything done? Yeah. Like yeah. litter picking, yeah. does uh, the, the older generation need some help? That's being a good citizenship. Mm. Does understanding maybe about a, a, a traffic spot that's you know, mm. killed a lot of people. Like, as a citizen, what can you do to help that? You know, lobby the, mm. the log things. Stuff. That would have been more of an approach higher up the ladder of participation because now you're experiencing yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Versus now, I'm just going to tell you what your yeah. role is. Yeah. So I'm interested in that citizen yeah. idea, but citizen citizenry for me is a participation. Yeah. Not. I love that. Yeah. You're triggering right. something yeah. else for me too. So um, I read an article quite a few years ago by Peter Block, and he's like a consultant of some sort, I can't remember exactly what he's a guru for, but this, this article was called From Leadership to Citizenship, okay. and and his his provocation, his invitation was essentially come down from the stage, and yeah. if you're in a leadership role, come down from the stage and get with us down on the floor and mm -hmm. be in conversation as a citizen, not someone who's preaching the thing, the three options mm. or yeah. whatever mm. from the stage and don't you don't have to be the flag bearer who's saying, We're going this way and every mm. all my job is to is enroll you in that vision, you mm. know, and I think yeah. that that's it was a really powerful piece and I'll share it afterwards. So mm. it was really yeah. like this frame of citizen yeah. it, it opens up so much in terms of how so, we need mm. to let go and also what we need to bring in. Eh? Yeah, but that yeah. younger, like the, does it still happen in England? The the citizenship. Um, I honestly don't know. Yeah, I'll be fascinated yeah. after this to look it up, see yeah. if it is a core curriculum. Because it's subject. quite interesting. It's definitely something I talk to my friends about. You know, do, the does democracy or do you need to as mm. and it's uh, with the whole should the age voting age be lowered to sixteen? Yeah. That's of course something that's mm. being talked about. Mm. You know. Um, what, what do people need to know around how democracy works and yeah. what our roles are as, as citizens and, and people and friends and communities and families and yeah. all those sorts of things. Because um, in Australia as well, all kids, they go to Canberra, isn't that right, as a school trip? I never got to. Didn't you? Uh, it's okay, a long I've, way I've from Perth. <laughs> all the good kids. All kids, <laughs> all good kids. go there to learn about the, the capital and right, about okay. um, parliament. I think and, it's an awesome thing that's mm, happening. Yeah. And maybe it's a proximity thing. Yeah, We've talked about it for Wellington, you know, you could... Well, well it's... Yeah, that exposure, right? Yeah. yeah. That vocational exposure, yeah. that's what you yeah. need to see what the stuff... Um, see the whites of people's eyes when you chat to them. I love it Australia, the, uh, a group of kids are taking the government to court on this climate rights. Oh, yeah, cool. Because they go in, yeah. we can't vote. Yeah. Yet you're We're getting rid of our our yeah. future. 
Yeah. So we're going to take you to court because yeah. we don't have no other legal way because we yeah. can't vote you out. Yeah. We're going to have to sue you out. Yeah, wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's citizenry for me. That, that is that's active real ownership, participating yeah. in the debate and also further than that. But I'm interested when you mention leadership to citizenry because mm. mm. there's a growth in servant leadership as a language, as a, as a movement mm. as well. Does that in some way goes part to what you were saying? Oh, I think that's part of the same thing. I think right. this idea of um, leader to having to have the vision and to be the you know, the hero and all that. Mm. It's, it's kind of, that's the opposite of what we're talking about, isn't it? It's like, what does leadership mean? Well, probably get rid of your ego, or at least dial mm. it right down and be in service of something yeah. that's bigger than you uh, and be an agent of something in some humble way, I think. And mm. um, I think, I, I think that's emerging more. You think? I, yeah, you got a flavor. I, I, well, through what you do, which is consulting for yeah, leaders yeah. and in yeah. leaders and creating better leaders, you're seeing a change? I think I'm seeing an appetite for change. Okay. And I think what's, there's still a narrative around what it means to be a leader that I think doesn't help. You know, it's to be a leader, you need to have charisma or confidence mm. or um, something, some X factor that means people will follow you. But what yeah. if it's not about following? What if it's actually about catalyzing yeah, and lifting people and lifting others up mm. and yeah, I love the word catalyst that was mm. my first business was called catalyst yeah. and, and something about what if you can just be the one who can I don't know bring some people together or lob an idea in and create the conditions for that to to sprout you know? yeah and, yeah that's or lob someone else's idea in as well <laughs> and then just create yeah yeah and connect to sprout, ideas you know? together right mm. and and I think at the moment the the story isn't really that we don't celebrate that stuff because it's not as visible. I think we yeah. we celebrate yeah. the 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 individual coming back to the individual yeah. idea, right? Uh, that the person who did this, who kind of saved us, or at least stopped it get from getting worse, or whatever mm. it might be. And so that's where I think this idea of citizenry citizenry <laughs> comes <laughs> in. Word, it's man. like well, we can all lead, right? We can yeah. all play our part to lead. So let's yeah. deglorify. The individual. I mean, this is a story we told a lot of times, right? But yeah. I, th I feel like the conditions are ripe. You know, we're in two weeks after Cyclone Gabriel, mm. and I think there's no one person who can sort all this out. Yeah. Right? This is how do we bring the people together? Yeah, what about um, co-leadership? Is that something that's spreading to New Zealand now? I've been reading a few mean? overseas. Well, we CEs. There isn't one CE, there's two or yeah. three. Yeah. And uh, so you don't have one person at the top oh, anymore. That. You've got two or three so that they share the burden. I remember, I don't I remember, I think it was Contact Energy a few mm. years ago had two heads of HR. It wasn't CEO, CEO mm. role, it was head of HR. And one was more strategy focused, the other one was more ops focused, but they shared mm. the role. And I, I never quite knew how that worked. I thought, okay. But I do know that job sharing generally mm. is huge in the UK mm. um, yeah. and doesn't seem to be as embraced here yet. So this idea yeah. of co-leadership fits into that, right? Yeah, it does. Do you see it? Um, no, not here. I have yeah. seen it, well, back in Denmark, that I can see that quite a few architecture firms are now beginning to have um, co-leadership in their, in their CE positions. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's a little bit the same as that H, hey, you know, there's one strategy and one ops. Yeah. Um, and so that it's not on one person to, yeah. to lead it all. And then you can cover for each other as well. So you can have that yeah. work-life balance. And play to your strengths. And play to your strengths and, and have yeah. somebody to have those 
um, conversations you try and have internally sometimes <laughs> <laughs> with another person, so, you know? So maybe, yeah, uh, yeah and I remember an art, a magazine in Australia, it was in the Australian Financial Review, it was every Friday this magazine came with it and in a, there was a column called Dual Drivers and it would be a case study or a story of a business mm. where there were two leaders at the top oh, okay. and maybe one was nominally the CEO, uh, but the other one, they, they were kind of in mm. partnership, right? So oh. maybe, there's, maybe it's happening mm. more than we see because there currently still needs to be a point person, yeah. right? And yeah. then... But actually, in reality, we're sharing all the decisions yeah. and stuff like that. I don't know. I'd love to see more of that yeah. and acceptance of that, eh? Yeah. Definitely. I'm, look, I'm thinking about the leaders I've had in my life and kind of what you learn from them. And then in leaders, leadership positions I've been mm. in and how quick I was, probably through fear, I'll be honest, to try and dissolve or devolve my responsibility, <laughs> maybe as much as possible. Anyway, I was like, no, it's just like giving people agency and yeah, stuff delegation, like that. Delegation, right? Uh -huh. yeah, yeah. But really, I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to hold this whole thing up by myself, oh, right? Oh. But that being said, I think that's uh, the best. I remember the best uh, boss I had the first day. She sat down with me and um, she said, you're going to have to teach me how to manage you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I just cool. thought, Straight away, I'm on board. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, because and it was obvious. You know, she went on to talk about like everybody's different. Everybody has different approaches to work and how and triggers in terms of being positive as well as negative. So if I just have one way of managing you yeah. and another person, it's uh, not going to work. Yeah. And it was simply for me, yeah, set me specific goals and let me go. Yeah. You know, and I'll let you know if I need a, a hand. This, this, like the, your stories there, right? Like the first one. What's the story we tell ourselves when we become the boss yeah. or the manager about who we need to be to yeah. be yeah. successful and how does that get in our way, right? Mm. Yeah, I made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. If I would go back to one key ingredient I wish I had, and that was vulnerability. Yeah. Because I yeah. thought mm. I had to be the opposite, impervious. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm the boss now. I've like, got mm. six people that I'm kind of paying money to, and I'm the founder of this business, yeah. and I need to be you know, a superhero. Mm. Dude, and it worked because yeah. it was successful as mm. a business financially and it grew and blah, blah, blah. But it was like, nah, I needed to be more human because mm. I was doing things that I read versus doing things that I felt. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. the difference, I think. Uh, I, I love that. Do what you feel. Yeah, yeah intuition, again, again, comes back to maturity. I think the older you get, the more you trust your gut because you have a, a, probably a, a prevalence of, uh, or a history, or a pedigree, if you like, of, okay, I can trust me now. Yeah, yeah. Before yeah. you don't really yeah. trust you, do you? That yeah, much. yeah, which is, you yeah. were talking about that yeah. earlier, right? That maturity right. thing, right? Yeah, it reminds me, so, so I'm taking a six-month sabbatical at the moment, mm. right? Yeah. So from my practice, and I've been running this program um, change makers for quite a few years yeah. and I didn't want to stop while I was going away because yeah. I'm not doing any delivery right? I'm just not running any workshops or anything like that and I thought oh this will be a test of leadership right mm. so how how might this go without me being in the mix yeah. and uh, it's been a really interesting well it's only been a couple of months so uh, but I went to one of the workshops on last Thursday and I decided not to turn up until right at the end. I thought, yeah. I don't want to be there in the morning because, okay. you know, like 
that might just muddy the water or something like that. Uh-huh. And, and I thought, I wonder what it'll be like when I turn up. Like, will it be like, they're all like, oh, thank here God you're is. here. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's what and, we think. <laughs> which is one option. <laughs> Another one is like, huh? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and maybe there's something in between. And it was actually more the latter, which, mm. which more, oh, good to see you. Uh, we're in the middle of some stuff. Um, catch up with you. And it was what was nice for me as I didn't, I felt really good about that. Yeah. Uh, yes. And, but it, man, it took probably a year of mm. planning yeah. to enable that to get to that point. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of internal, like, oh, what's my role if I'm not leading the conversation and all mm. that sort of stuff. And I think the idea of kaitiaki, um, yeah. you know, the idea of just being able to hold the space for, the work mm. to be done without having to be in the detail. To mm. me, that's a mm. another idea I think that could be taught yeah. right across the spectrum. You know, mm. um, yeah, and that's what I'm trying to practice. Okay, like, like try to be more in that kaitiaki sort of space. Yeah, and then how do you re-enter again? That's, yeah, that's also you know, or do um, yeah, and, or you know, what's that <laughs> exactly? You know, because mm. there's different options there. <laughs> Because that's one yeah. of the things, because I took three months off um, last year as well ah. and went overseas um, and um, got, had six months to set up, make sure that it was all fine, that I went away. Yeah. And, it, and it went really well. Like I've got an amazing team um, and they stepped up and they kept things running and had a, um, a legal battle in the middle of it and oh. <laughs> for the psycho so yeah. yeah, Yeah, so there were some tests while I was away, but it was... Like they, it was amazing. Everything is just so great. It's an awesome team, and that makes the big difference, of course. But coming back in, that was yeah. kind of interesting. What was so, it like? yeah. what was that? It was almost a rebalancing because they'd, they'd, um, you know, calibrated. I, yeah, I'd sort so of old. left, and the yeah. balance had happened. Yeah, yeah. And then I had to come back in, and you know, that one extra person in the mix back in again, just after you'd sort of got used to not having them there. So it's. Yeah. This, and what would you say now? Like, what's the shift been for your role and your perception of that role? And well, you know, I, I had I'd planned out before I came back, and I'm like, okay, what do I want to do more of, and what do I want to do less of, right, compared yeah. to what I was doing before. Um, and you know, um, of course, it was to be less in the details, and you know, let give people agency yeah, 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 and autonomy, yeah. and they've that's been cool. running it well. Um, so that's kind of worked, um, but there's sort of places. Now I'm sort of I'm pushing into some other areas that we'd never had time to, to go into and going deep in that. Um, so that's and there's lots of fun, but it is it's yeah it was way harder than I thought it would be to I come wonder, back in. Did you ask the question from then like what do you need from me now that I'm back? Like um, I did I did we spent some time and I sort of had oh, I had um, three or four questions. One of them wasn't quite that, but it was like. What I had, what do you need from me then mm-hmm. immediately, and what do you need from me sort of in the six yeah, months yeah, yeah, yeah. kind gotcha. of yeah, period, yeah. and what's what's top of mind now cool. for me to think about? Is there anything that's burning, yeah, yeah. and um, where do you want to go? And sort of yeah, what's how, how I didn't want to have any sort of any real details on what had mm. happened unless there no. was something that I urgently needed to know mm. because we were going forward with it. But it, yeah, it was it was. It was much harder. I think it's probably harder coming in mm. back into a role than it is. And it was yeah. only three months, you know. So you're coming back in uh, well, after six months. And I wonder and, whether know, that makes yeah. a difference. Yeah, yeah. three versus yeah. six versus 12 or something. Yeah, probably. What I, I, I'm pretty sure I feel this to be true is I won't come back as the same person. Like yeah. I'll have changed, changed yeah. and evolved. And so the role that I will 
best pay will probably evolve to and the group will have matured. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. And so being mindful of all of that stuff and so what does that even look like? I don't yeah. know. And I'm okay with not knowing it. You know, yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. I think yeah. my biggest crisis of consciousness about myself was probably about myself and it was like, well, what value mm-hmm. am I adding? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, these right, guys, are, it's all going pretty well and, you know, yeah, what value course. do I add? Is my value add worth, <laughs> worth me, you know? <sighs> Um, and those kind of questions when you're sitting there. So now I've dived into this other stuff, made but myself I, valuable again. But I truly think they're the right questions Absolutely. without being self-defeatist because you can yeah. linger in them yeah. and then yeah. become a deflated balloon because you're like, wow, my you know, yeah. or you can use them as, a, again, fuel for a, a mm. little bit of, okay, actually, yeah, there are new ideas, there mm. are new things, and I went mm. away and I'm bringing this stuff back and now there's mm. something different on the table because of my experience, yeah. you know, and now I'm back and revitalized, so I've got new energy. Yeah. So they're the right yeah, questions, but that. they're mm. dangerous, I suppose. And building on yeah. that too, it's like, I wonder whether what we think is our value is different to what other people say. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm learning. You should be a fly on the wall. <laughs> yeah. Well, and sometimes not even that. Like yeah. one of the, my little things I'm going to do over the next couple of months mm. is go and ask a bunch of people yeah. I've worked with over the years. So what is it that, why do you choose to work with me? Great. And, and I'm hoping that there'll be some blind spots removed. Yeah. Mm. And I suspect it's not about my knowledge or expertise because mm. you can chat GPT that, right? Mm. You can get all that stuff, right? <laughs> I suspect it's a bit more about the intangible stuff around the energy or maybe yeah. the questions you ask or something. Yeah. I don't know. There's something about the stuff that maybe we don't own a superpower because we don't mm. see that we have it. Yeah. And yeah. there's something about, well, what if we just allowed ourselves to be that yeah. as mm. for the team but not put our fingers into all mm. the stuff that's more tangible yeah. and more, you know. It's always the opposites yeah. then, like you said. Yeah. It's the Brené Brown stuff mm. around vulnerability, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. We see it as a weakness, other people see it as a strength. Yeah, yeah. Our internal dialogue is very much in counter to the extrinsic mm. kind of people talking about us. And it's, it's always a trick of the brain, the bastard brain, as I call oh, it. Yeah. It gets in the way, right? <laughs> Again, the stories you tell yourself as a manager. Yeah, what do yeah. I need to be do to do yeah. to be good at yeah. this, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask yeah. a follow-up. What follow do I need up. to do so that people think I'm good? That people yeah, think you're yeah, good. It's not about what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're back in that space. It's all the optics, yeah, right? Yeah. It's yeah. all the optics, right? Yeah. And then how do you transcend that? I don't care. Yeah. Mm. You, know, you had a month off as well. Well, I had three, three, two and a half months off half yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday, last year. Yeah. Felt like yesterday. <laughs> and then a month, yeah, back. But yeah. they're not really off. Like the, the yeah, two and a half yeah. months was definitely a little bit of off unplugging because yeah. I went back for the first time to the UK since yeah. COVID. So it was a lot of family hugs, a lot yeah. of grand kind of, yay, grand, yeah. 99. Yeah. Oh, and, wow. and stuff like that. And then my little nephew had gone from four to seven. Yeah. And those are formative years. You're like, oh my God, I can pick you up in rough yeah. tumble yeah. and it's great now and it's fantastic. But then I was also delivering gigs when I was away. So I was doing my master classes. Yeah. So I was paying the rent. Yeah. by doing other stuff and it was yeah. the same this one as yeah. well went back yeah. to the same clients and also okay. had a little bit of a jolly as well so um, that was away but not off correct away from yeah that. and it was also away and this time i just finished my book as well when i was oh, away cool. and that was cool that's now being proofed so yeah. uh, i did a tedx talk at the end of last year uh being on the stage this time yeah. rather than behind yeah. it that's cool. And that's doing quite well. It's, I think it's nearly 100,000 views. It yeah, came out just it, before it the Christmas. Around the presenting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The public great. speaking yeah, lesson yeah, you never yeah. got. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's kind that's of great. just got a little bit of a yeah. zeitgeist going on in the moment. Cool. So the book was intended, I was always intended just to get 
get it out of my brain, everything I've been doing for the last seven years in that coaching, public speaking space, storytelling mm. space. But this isn't my medium, writing. Yeah. It's not my favourite medium. Mm. It's a hard cognitive battle for me, that. Mm. Um, I was never good at it in school, so straight away I have that legacy of I'm not good at this. Mm. So I've got to fight through that. But now it's done, it's been proved, and then I'll do the audio book, which I'll kind of have yeah. more fun with. I think yeah, we should yeah, have that. Cool, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but remember, very well, she accent on as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But yeah, the going away, the reflection piece, I was going to ask you about going away as well and what you... And you spent, all of us have spent time away and living in other places and working in other places, bringing it back here. And you mentioned earlier about Copenhagen mm. and uh, learning from that experience. What are your formative key takeaways that you had as an experience overseas, now coming back to Wellington, you're like, there's the differentiation. Yeah. I'm yeah. super curious too. Yeah, I think that, that citizenship is one of the big differences. It is, right. um, like, yeah, I was, you know, straight out of uni, met a guy, That's what <laughs> followed him back right? to okay. Denmark. Yeah, um, so I, went, I studied here at Vic in Wellington. This yep. might be one of those longer stories. Um, and had decided that I wanted to do an exchange to Europe. So Copenhagen was the only school that Vic had an arranged okay. um, exchange with, and that was perfect from a design mm. architecture point of view. I mean, Copenhagen, Denmark's a Beautiful pretty cool right. place yeah. to go. Yeah. So I went on the exchange there, met, met a guy, came back, finished my architecture degree, and then went like three days later back to, to Denmark. So it's basically been my whole adult life. Mm. Um, I was huh. there for 13 years, so yeah. I left as a 23-year-old. Yeah, so um, that was formative professional development yeah, right there. Yeah, and I think that part of that, vo like being comfortable in the vulnerable has, has formed me from there mm. because I was working in a language I couldn't speak, you know, um, I used that to my advantage. Sometimes I can remember, um, <laughs> I probably shouldn't say this on film, but I can remember being in, when I was just, I was still speaking English in meetings and we went to this meeting with Bjarke Ingels, um, who's sort of big, quite a famous, big, big architect now. Um, and we were looking at this plan and I said, and I was like, um, and the city architect was there and all the bosses were there and everything. And I was like, um, and it was, it was a beautiful design and, it, mm -hmm. you know, it was great. And I was like, but what about the small? What about, like, sometimes we've got to think small from a people perspective. And everyone went, <laughs> and I think the city architect said, yeah, she, her Danish isn't very good. She still speaks English. Don't worry. Oh. And they went because there was a sort of star architect and I was telling him to think small, not big, and he was big. Ooh. How did that um, go? Like, the oh, everyone laughed, but they went after me. And so they used to use me in situations <laughs> like that occasionally to be the stupid <laughs> person. And that was actually one of my first managers. And she was fantastic. And she said, you know, I've employed you to come in with a different perspective That's and to nice. ask questions. Yeah. Awesome. So... Don't feel Go dumb, wild. do it. That's do it. Nice. And That's ask, permission, right? Yeah, and so that was a fantastic start to be able to come in both in a, a new environment and a new place and be able to um, ask questions. Um, That's awesome, so, be that person. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so I love now having grads and, and, yeah. and lots of different people yeah. from different perspectives in my team. But I think, yeah, so that was the one part. The other part, I think, is probably the citizenship. Citizenship. It's a hard word. Um, it is a hard word. Yeah, I shouldn't yeah. have brought it up. Being a citizen. <laughs> yeah, being a citizen. <laughs> That's it. And that collective thinking and sort of yeah. thinking about this, how does this affect my community, not how does this affect me, um, and change being a constant. And one of the things that I love over there, and, and everyone loves it, um, each year in the spring there's a festival of democracy. And everyone wow. goes to this little island that's... Um, 
it's probably about an hour's drive and then half an hour, an hour's ferry ride from Copenhagen okay. out to Bornholm. It's like the summer island. Yeah. Um, and all the political parties go there and they go to this little fishing village and all the sort of organisations, sort of NGOs, everyone goes there and they've got different stands. And then it's three or four days of debate and music and drinking and all of these things. So these, everyone's got a sort of a program. You've all got your different pavilions. Sometimes they're on boats, the TV's there covering it the whole time. And it's a friendly discussion mm -hmm. about different points of view. So when I was working for the social housing company as a developer, you know, we had one and it was talking about, you know, everyone's entitled to a, to a good home around yeah. um, there was some ghetto <coughs> laws around um, pulling down ghetto areas and other things so that was debated about what what is a ghetto there's you know all of these different points and it was just this really and people so there are people you'd be have panels sort of 45 minutes somebody interviewing different people a lot of license about what you said and then as if you were and you weren't in a panel or doing thing, you just wander around and everybody went normal people would take a week off work to be able to go to a political festival, like it was amazing. What does that say about a country, yeah. hey, when yeah. that happens? That interest, you um, know, in yeah. life and so, others and different points of and, view. And do you think, if you go, well, you can't just lift and shift straight into New Zealand yeah. or Wellington, right? Yeah, what do you see, where are the sparks of possibility that you saw there, you know, they were thriving, but where, where's the... Well, I think the whole climate, um, change discussion i mean that's yeah. that's a real igniter for mm. some of these more collective um responsibilities happening yeah. and so that's not necessarily a lift and shift for me but that sort of spurs on some of those well and when we talk about change and when we talk about what what is good look like for a city of the future um it's not about how that is for you it's how it is for you, your children and your grandchildren yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and your community and i think thinking, that yeah. that shift in mind from being you know what's immediately in front of me in yeah, the next the three years the, yeah, yeah. to that and that's something that you know i probably haven't had that big a part in but you know i really do yeah, I think it. is I important when we're, when we're, li we're living and breathing cities and how about the friendly thing too like you said it's a friendly conversation right yeah I don't imagine it being friendly here when we're talking about that mm. stuff. I don't know, maybe that's just me. But mm. I'm wondering how do we get to, well, I'm assuming friendly is a useful thing, right? So yeah. there's less, how do we get to that? And In how do, politics, I've got yeah, no idea. I, 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 it's a rhetorical <laughs> question, really, isn't it? But it's like, and what would happen if it was less adversarial yeah. and it would be more... Yeah, let's hold yeah. it lightly but take it seriously, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. But that's, so. that's, I, I, I'm interested, though, what you were saying when you asked about general society, but was the media, you said the media covers oh. it as yeah. well. Mm -hmm. so, sort of way we have a, a multi-layered, the fourth pillar, yeah. obviously involved yep. uh, in covering it, and I suppose they would might put their spin on or they might not, but it seems like a whole system approach. And mm, even the yeah. fa fact it's a festival of democracy. Yeah. yeah. They're holding it up as something It's called the, to the meeting of the people. It's that's awesome. There we go. So the yeah. people's meeting. And that's like what... Like in the olden days when people, you know, used to come well, to yeah, the speaker stone or... In Wales, yes. there's something yeah. called yeah. Jaisteathwov. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. used to be historically a coming together of different cultures. The first mm -hmm. one was held, oh, I used to know this, uh, but like eight, Hundred years ago, something stupid time. like that, even yeah. may maybe longer, by the a Prince of Wales mm. back then, and it was the idea of bringing all the different clans together, but also bringing other people in, mm. and 
but to celebrate culture and difference. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that's why when you go to the Eisteddfod for today, it's more mm. a celebration of Welshness, but yeah. it's a celebration of culture. So there's a lot yeah. of language, yeah. song, yeah. dance, yeah. Mm. poetry, recital stuff, you know, um, and tradition with other things thrown in. Mm. Uh, but historically, it used to be that kind of uh, intersection yeah. of ideas, yeah. of, mm. of things. And it sounds like they've got a climate using that word, mm. but the climate there uh, that allows that intersectionality mm -hmm. to happen. Yeah, and people want it. Yeah, that friendly though, adding that. Yeah. Well, there's the whole friendly cities movement as well that happened years ago. Yeah. Hear about that yeah, and trying yeah, to get yeah, cities yeah. as a mm. embodied and cities as a, a, a I, I used to run a blog called Cities as a Platform. Yeah. The idea of a city is just like a platform online, like an online, like yeah. a Twitter mm. thing. It's like a hub. Yeah. So yeah. we think of cities as kind of, the, you got the hardware, which is the physical kind of yeah. infrastructure, yeah, yeah, buildings yeah, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And you got the software, which it runs on, which is the culture, yeah. the social behavioral, yeah. economic yeah. stuff, you know, the exactly. people and things. Uh, and cities is a massive, has become a massive topic just because of the amount of people now cross that threshold that. of mm -hmm. the amount of people living in cities. And yeah. how do you kind of see cities as how do you frame a city? How do you hold it in your brain? Is it an amorphous thing? Or is it actually a well-designed, patterned Barcelona, beautifully thing? Or is it more like a, a Bruges, which I was, uh, I was yeah. at uh, a few months ago, where you just think, what? It's just like everywhere, but it's beautiful. <laughs> well, so yeah. I don't, one, th I, one thing that I love about cities is the layers. Yeah. Because the, the city layers. is not something that you d design and it finishes in there. Mm. It's not a product. It's uh, something that is continually changing yeah. and, and flowing and, and, and re reacting to the people that inhabit it. Mm. Um, so I think from my perspective, there's, there's probably not the right design, but I'm very much of the Danish, I guess, <laughs> being indoctrined into lots of that thought. But the, you, you know, a city needs to be from a people's perspective, so you need mm -hmm. to make sure that you're creating good spaces yeah. and places for people to live and work and that feel good. Your senses, I think senses are incredibly important that you're stimulating senses, so both your sight, you know, if you're thinking about Wellington, for example, um, if you're walking, if you're walking from here out, um, and towards Newtown into the city, are you gonna walk down Taranaki Street or are you gonna spend mm -hmm. that extra two minutes and then walk down Cuba mm -hmm. Street? Mm -hmm. You'll probably go down Cuba because the smells are nicer, there's more happening, you're stimulated, yeah. and it makes it seem like a shorter time. Vibrancy, Even though right? it's a longer, yeah. Mm. So that, and there's like quite a bit of science around it, you know, you're every sort of a five kilometre, yeah. you want a, a maximum of sort of 16 metre facade lengths in terms of stimulating because otherwise your eye and your brain gets bored. And there's a whole lot of different things you can begin to, okay. um, to you know, design the city to yes. make it interesting for people. But I think, yeah, and, and there has to be density. And that's the big thing in New Zealand yeah. um, and probably the big difference from Copenhagen as well and maybe why people are more citizen-minded uh -huh. is that they've grown up in really dense yeah. areas. They can yeah. run to their friends. They've been able to mm. hear each other's fights. Yeah. We had quite a, in our apartment in Copenhagen, we had... Um, typical architects, we didn't have curtains because curtains are ugly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and our neighbours across the road, um, they had, they didn't eat, well they had, yeah, they didn't either, or they had some, we didn't, neither of us pulled them very often. And we both had kids around the same age, and we'd see each other at the, the local park and yeah. playground occasionally, and we'd have a chat and we'd say, oh, I've seen you, we must have been on holiday, I haven't seen you for a while, and <laughs> da da da, and you just have a pleasant chat. 
and then our daughters ended up in the same class and suddenly like we we got some curtains and we thought about where we were because suddenly we were not those neighbors that you sort of you get used to and you accept and it's they became people Yes. And so that yes. difference yes. between, that's really interesting, but the city's great in that way that you get a lot of to- tolerance for other people mm-hmm. because you're constantly hearing and you yep. can't tell other people what to do. But when they become people you know, it's a bit different. Mm-hmm. And then you've got also a lot more respect because you're yeah, yeah. working with each other. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's, so, that's so thought-provoking. Yeah. What's your favourite city? Right now it's here. Right, yeah. okay. What yeah. um, works for you? And it was interesting having spent a month back in Perth and I had an apartment right on Cottesloe Beach, which is beautiful, mm. beautiful beach and you know, it's a really popular spot. Yet it didn't feel like it had soul, mm. you know, it, whereas here has soul, you know. And so I'd say here, um, mm. I'm trying to think of others and nothing's coming to mind. I mean, there's lots and lots of places, you know, mm. I've visited around the world. Yeah. But it's more as a visitor, mm. as a tourist rather than a resident and a citizen. Yeah. And and probably my answer is here because I live here and I've integrated with yeah. it. And, you know, again, as an Australian going against the grain and choosing to live here, I started journaling yesterday. What What is it about Wellington and more broadly New Zealand? Why do I choose to be here? And I haven't nailed that question, mm. but there's something about... What you're talking about, Vito, I think is really powerful. There's something about the the intersection in Wellington of um, stuff that's functional, but stuff that's awe-inspiring. Mm. And so, you know, the transport system works well, all that functional stuff, right? You know, caught the bus here today, it was easy. Mm. Yet when, and this is something that's really got to me right now, actually, is I've been thinking of going camping just by myself mm. for a couple of nights before summer goes because I want to sleep under the stars and experience awe, you know, this yeah. idea of experiencing mm. awe, like, wow. Mm. And when you're saying people need mental and emotional stimulation in the city, you can get awe in Wellington, right? Yeah. And I think it, it can be that amazing piece of architecture or it might be looking across the harbour to the hills or whatever. You don't have to leave Wellington to get yeah. awe. And I think that's something I'd not, really had language for until I mm. heard your story about it then. So, yeah, that's why I think it's my favourite city. because love that's, Yeah, it feels it's quite visceral even just yeah. realising that now, like mm. on camera. <laughs> How about you? Yeah. What's your favourite city? Um, uh, I think f- for living, like I, I'm really loving being back in Wellington. And okay. it's, um, I, I was like, I was born in Wellington, grew up in Wellington, yeah. went away. Copenhagen and came back. I had a year in Switzerland as well at one point. Um, but I do really like Wellington and I like I love that I love the hills and I love the mm-hmm. ocean and then I love the messiness in between. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it and it, for me it is those senses like mm. um, I live in Eastbourne so I catch the ferry across like yeah. I love that yeah. morning start yeah. or I bike in That's along the motorway. The other day mm-hmm. I was biking along the motorway and I got to stop on the side of the motorway and look at all the orcas that were following me along oh, the motorway oh, you know, just taking a whole pod with babies. One good thing about being on a bike on a motorway so you, you can, can stop that, that's so and, and spend and, and yeah. experience that moment. Wow. Um, 
so I just in that nature like and that's why we came back was I mm. think it's really important for my children to understand mm. both of our cultures my husband's Danish yep. um, but also that that experience that you get here that it's, everything's so close like that camping yep. and um, it's in your the face. stars it's there mm. yeah and Wellington you know the waterfront is so different than you know 200 meters back on Lambton yep. Key yep. you totally. know you're constantly got different things happening and, mm. and the city's small enough to do that, but big enough to yep. to be full. And there's a diversity of interesting people, yeah. you know, the, at all levels of, and any lens you want to cut that, you could find it here, right? Mm. And and I think that's what I was, like, it's interesting. It's mm. not mono. It's not yeah. black and white. It's yeah. multicolour, you know. It's yeah. an explosion of colour and all the diversity. And that's another reason yeah. which I think... And quite that, ugly sometimes, but that, oh, in a yeah. good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, and challenging and confronting <laughs> and like, wow, yeah. And so it keeps me real, yeah. <laughs> I think, right? yeah. I think yeah. the weather has a lot to do with that, right? Because oh, tell us about that. A lot. Well, just because a lot of people the thing, the go-to thing to complain to. No. About. Yeah, like you've been wiggling it. Yeah. But everybody complains about yeah. the weather. And people are like, oh, I, I couldn't hack. I lived there for a while, but I just couldn't hack the, the wind yeah. and the weather. Yeah. Like, it reminds funny, right? you of... Love being blown. Being, yeah. 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 Well, same, right? So exactly. I'm moving from Perth, I... I oh, right. Yeah, story, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So I lived here in... The first time was in the mid-90s and I came yeah. out to set up a recruitment company here and it's like, oh, I'd met Kiwis all around the world and... Mm. I travel around the world. I was like, I really like Kiwis. And I'd lived in Canada for a year and I lived in the Rockies and I'd mm. love the mountains, nice. right? but I also love the ocean. Yeah. And so, oh, New Zealand's got Kiwis and it's got mountains, it's got ocean. Cool, that sounds like a good spot to go. And so I came here, lived here for two years. Short story is I had a big burnout in my role. Mm. I was running this kind of first time I'd ever been a proper manager and I'm mm. burned out big time as a national manager of this mm. recruitment company. And I'd got married and we'd... I was, I was, after, not long after we got married, we went back to live in Perth. Mm. And um, originally it was just for two years. And then I just avoided the conversation about coming back. Yeah. <laughs> and we stayed for nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no so, so far in that yeah, conversation. Yeah. We stayed for nine years. Wow, and, okay. Yeah, that was good dodging. I was, I was dodging yeah. all the time, right? <laughs> and, I mean, we created a good life. It was... Uh -huh. and, but if, and one of the reasons was the icky feeling of the burnout and all of that stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. It was quite psychologically scarring. Yeah. But at another level, it's like it's the end of the world and the weather's crap, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and West Australia weather's amazing, right? And I love being in the ocean there. But then I thought, well, I can just write my own chapter here. I can, you know, yeah. create a different life here. Um, and the first thing I did was buy a good wetsuit. Yeah. Because I did a lot of windsurfing <laughs> and yeah. surfing and stuff. I thought, well, if we have a good wetsuit, then I won't get cold. And so totally. that's off the table, yeah. right? And get in amongst it. Sure and it's kind of like, we'll embrace what's here rather than, you know, tolerate mm. it and yeah. suffer it. It's like, mm -hmm. just, okay. And maybe that's a broader metaphor for life, right? Yeah. So it's like, well, you are where you are. How do you make the most of what you've got? Yeah, right? we go. And yeah. Yeah, I think oh. in the longer I've lived here, the more I'm going, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff here. Maybe not forever. Mm -hmm. But, you know, for now, it's amazing. Yeah. And I like the weather. Yeah, but I'm from like the it? valleys of yeah, yeah, yeah. Wales. <laughs> well, before moving here, I lived in Christchurch. And when I told people I was moving to Wellington, everybody was like, look out for the wind, the rain, and the yeah. valley, and the hill, sorry. And I was like, that sounds like home. Yeah. I don't know what you're describing to me. And I, yeah, I was uh, speaking on the other one, uh, recording about the flatness of places I can't get on. 
if cities are flat, I struggle. Mm. If cities have some vistas to them, in yeah. other words, looking up and seeing mm. other than sky, yeah. like New York to me is just delightful mm -hmm. because yeah. I can just navigate it so easy. Because yeah, I yeah. can look, oh, yeah, I'm yeah, over there, I'm over there, yeah. I need yeah. to go over there. That's a favorite city. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's beautiful. Yeah. I love Bones. I could live there tomorrow, but yeah. I don't know how long it lasts. But anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, Wellington, you've got the topography, mm. it feels intimate. Mm in wherever you are, and you can look up and work out where you are very quickly. Mm. So it's, it's, it's pretty. Yeah. There's a, there's a great um, film in Wales called Twin Town. Don't know if you've ever seen mm. it. Based in Swansea. Don't know if uh, you know that as a city. It's uh, where Dylan Thomas yeah. is from. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's a famous line in that where it's a pretty shitty city. <laughs> when they're sitting on the hills looking down at Swansea and you're talking about yeah. it can be really horrible at times and messy. Yeah, it can be shitty here. Yeah. The weather yeah. can be shitty. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you know, say that it doesn't. And there's some places in one you're like, seriously, what were we attempting here? You know, yeah. it's like, do better. We got... But it's kind of the fun of it as well, that it's not perfect and totally. you can that's what you know, I was continue say. to do things. I think that's yeah. really important, right? Because it was perfect and shiny. Where's the... Where's the human growth in that, right? Well, that's what yeah. frustrates me with Cuba Street a little bit. At the bottom is starting to get gentrified, it feels. Oh, yeah, you can mm. see And I want it, the messiness yeah, of yeah. bohemian yeah. kind of... The top end of Cuba. Yeah, right? and yeah. I just want the kind of... When I first visited in 2009, all of that street felt yeah. weird and wonderful. And then Lambton Key was the city bit. I could be yeah. anywhere in Lambton yeah. Key, really. Mm. Um, to a degree, but you know what I mean. It's it's yeah. kind of high street. But I also street. think it's almost had its time. You know, do you like, think it's I, I kind do. Of done? I love Cuba Street, and I've got. I spent most of my weekends. You know, as one of those teenagers <laughs> of that course, hung out on Cuba enough. Street. Um, but we don't want to continue just to keep that either. I agree. So what's the, next, what's the next? Yeah. What's the next? What's the next Cuba Street? Um, it, it could even be on Cuba Street. And, but and what's what, the how next do you generation not manufacture it but yeah. allow it? Yeah. Because I'm imagining, I'm not knowing the history of Cuba Street, but mm. I'm imagining it sort of like was an organic kind of morphing of you know, the culture that's there or has mm. been there. Mm. And how do you not go, let's get an architect's drawing board and create another Cuba Street and we'll draw the pi pictures of the stick people and the trees yeah. and all that because that's not going to create it, is it? I don't know, but well, some people well, are designing. You can do some of it. Yeah, yeah. you can design yeah. it to a certain well, degree. It's all to do right? with proportions, and yeah, and it's got a good proportion. It feels good. It's a yeah. good it, again. Yeah. Your got senses. You. It feels like a ah. good place to be, and it's it's the right. It's you know, it's a safe yeah. and a and it's um, got nice a gradual up of, and down, yeah. and it's got that feeling. Mm -hmm. yeah. But yeah, the architectural thing is interesting. I do. Uh, I think you know this, but I work with a, a client called yeah. Tulo, yeah. Uh, which is an online. Um, continuing professional development platform for architects and architectural mm -hmm. designers. So every month I MC an event and I get exposed to, that's why I knew yeah. that architect, because uh, yeah. we've had people on from Zaha Hadid yeah. and these other places and BIG and yeah. that. So I get exposed to these leading global architects and I hang on by my cognitive yeah. fingernails when they talk about parametric architecture <laughs> and biophilia uh, yeah. and solar punk and CLT, big yeah. thing, yeah. Uh, cross laminated timber <laughs> and things like that. You know, I'm just like, oh. yeah. but I learn so much and I get exposed to it. And there's a lot of people yeah. talking about, you know, bigger uh, city plans and, and yeah. regional plans yeah. and uh, local yeah. plans and things like that. Yeah. And it is fascinating how the architect can now drill down to the individual experience yeah. and you know, they talk right. about VR. This and, is amazing. And, yeah, yeah, right and to designing the, through desire lines and things like that. When you're sitting yeah, designing, the desire you know, paths um, and stuff. It's yeah. quite cool when in cities that snow because you can see those desire lines. 
What's so, the desire line? Like where people walk, not where you want them to walk. So yeah, quite often, you know, if you've got a park with a corner, people take the shortcut. Yeah. So if you wait when you're designing to actually look at how people move and where they're, where they're wanting to Ooh. go and how they're moving and where they stop. And, you know, people will stop up against a wall because it's safe. It's back to some primal instinct. So, you know, it's warm, your back's covered, and that's where it's really good to people watch. I'm just you know, measuring this. Desire lines. I love the idea of a desire mm. line. Where else could we use that concept? Like organisation design. Yeah. Right? Well, I used to Life use it in the context of when I was in emerging technologies and online spaces. Yeah. So I used oh, to yeah. talk about it in terms of, and I used to have an image of that, yeah. you know, a path yeah. and then someone a treading path. Yeah. yeah. And there's a university, I can't remember, maybe it's Berkeley or something like that, um, where they did just do the whole pavilion outside, you know, in between all the things, and they left it for a season. Then they yeah. put all the paths down because they could see where people, were, how they navigated between the things. So desire go. paths or desire lines mm. is the same thing, desire paths, desire lines. Uh, I used it in the context of how people navigate through the web. Yeah. You want yeah. them when you come to the website to have a journey, you know. Mm. But again, you look at the click-throughs and the, the desire paths go, oh, well, they jump in straight to the contact form. Yeah. I wanted them to go and read this bit first. Understand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the experience, yeah. but it's very different if you think about a closed experience. So I, I use desire paths as, but I use a different word called delegate journey uh, when it comes to designing events. Yeah. So the flow yeah. of humans yeah, is the yeah, delegate yeah, journey because yeah, yeah. they're delegates mm. and they have a journey through, mm. and the touch points yeah. of that. Yeah. But it's very similar. Mm. You know, after a couple of events, you realise. I'm putting the tea and the coffee in the wrong place because yep. it needs to yeah. be immediate yep. yeah. rather than at the yep. back because you thought, oh, no, you want to bring them through and then they want straight away and then they, they're happy to yeah. walk and talk and stuff. Can you do so. that idea with it out being attached to a journey through time? So because what you're talking about is I'm going from A to B okay. yeah. through time. Mm. Can it be job design or team design or how we design our work or... I got one reaction to that. Yeah. Check out Valve as a company. Mm-hmm. Valve is a, um, mm-hmm. a game design company. Mm, I've heard of it runs them, yeah. a very popular platform mm. called yep. Steam. Yep. Where you download all yep. the things. Yep. Valve, if you were employed mm. by Valve tomorrow, it'd be great. Welcome on board. Here's the handbook. Good luck. And you don't have a job title, you don't have a department. Yeah. Yeah. And in the handbook, yeah. the first thing it says, you can download the handbook online, by the way, that's why I'm referencing it. Yeah, nice. It says your job for the first kind of month or three months is to find a job. Yeah. Find where you can add value. Oh, that's awesome, yeah. Yes. And then yeah. after three months, if, if you can't, that's cool. Thanks for coming. Which is you know what I mean? like, hey, well, yeah. you come to Tuesday to live in Wellington. Your first job is to find a job. Good yeah. luck. Here's how we work yeah. as a city. Yeah. You know, and mm. there's something about that self-direction, but creating the conditions for mm. people to do what yeah. they naturally do is what we're really talking about, isn't it? With the yeah. direction being add value yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. Like and that could be and many is that the role of leadership, right? Yeah, and trust mm. again. You know, you've got yeah. that trust built into that. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love it. Really. It's like design the conditions for people to do what they do, and yeah. flourish. Yeah, and flourish, right? Yeah, and help bring that. That that's the question I'm really holding deeply. It's yeah. like what what if the role of the leader was the gardener? The, the mm. gardener's the yeah. one who creates the conditions for the stuff to do what it does naturally, right? Leader is gardener, mm. and you know. So you're like you're thinking about like the same metaphor um, for how people move through cities. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, what if what if we could think of ourselves as gardeners rather than, I don't know, we're going to force that plant to grow and we're going to performance management every three months. Yeah. 
<laughs> and also the agility to change, you know, you can, yeah. you, we thought you were a flower, but Fair you're enough. actually a tree. <laughs> Good point, yeah. Now we need to lift you and yeah. pull you up over there, yeah, yeah, so now yeah. you can flourish in that yeah. block. Yeah. yeah. The pot was way too small. There we go. All yeah. that constraining you. That yeah. doesn't happen often, right? Yeah. Happens sometimes, but no, you're there, you've got to do a job. Yeah. And I wonder if it is also coming, I mean, one of the things that I'm really enjoying about leadership, and I'm pretty new on my leadership journey, um, but is is that being able to, you know, grow people and let mm. them find their own ways and mm. be really flexible mm -hmm. around when people work, how people work, those types of things. And that's, yeah. like, when I started, I never, you know, my work was pretty flexible, mm. but I also know a lot of people that have, that have growing it up and reasonably nine to five, you know, you show up, you've got your half hour lunch break or whatever it was. That's changed with COVID. Yeah. But also I think it's a demand of sort of the future is that you, you can't anymore sit in that, in that, the, the one path. There isn't a one path. No. There's no, there's no, you know, we can't, we can't plan that thing. There is a desire line and suddenly people are going to go over there uh -huh. because they want to do something, you yeah. know, and how to, how do organizations use that to their advantage at the same time as That's enabling a people? That's question yeah. any big yeah. organization's asking right now, yeah. isn't it? You know, like, um, one of the number one people, reason people leave organizations is at the moment and this great resignation mm. stuff is, it's easier to find a job elsewhere outside than it is inside because mm. there's yeah, too many like too much red tape and you know this is your pathway and all of that stuff mm. and the, the visibility of opportunities in there what if we could create the conditions for people to, to be able to go i'm going to go over here now and it's easy for me to do that desire lines mm. right so um, retention is one of the biggest issues yeah as i understand mm. it hr yeah, yeah. at the moment it's not mm. finding talent because yeah. there's talent out there, it's retaining talent. It's retaining them. Because mm. of the... And, and growing them, and gr even growing them feels too patriarchal. Yeah. It's like enabling nice, people it? to yeah, grow. Yeah, yeah. Fertilizing. Right? Fertilizing, <laughs> right? So this kind of like this, yeah. this more natural metaphors really mm. work. Hey, like how, how do we help someone leave better than we found them? Mm. I love that idea. Yet have them around for long enough to be able to have a good experience here, but also mm. to really add some great value. Remember, I, my... I started my career as a chartered accountant yeah. and it was like a, you know, a long Not way. Not see you as yeah, that. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I'm really good with the spreadsheet. Yeah. yeah. I, Excel has always been, I've always wanted to get really good at Excel because when you see people that are good at Excel, they I can love do Excel. anything. Yeah, it's about yeah. the only thing yeah. I geek on that's like, like that. Like, okay. But, like the formulas and all yeah, that. Yeah, I love the formulas. I think it's because it's really good. I want to be you. Well, I think it's the creative element of it's yeah. not I don't like to maintain a spreadsheet no, put numbers no, no, into no. it yeah. you know, but build it sure because yeah. that's creative yeah. yeah that was my point sorry <laughs> we hijacked your point we were like nerd oh, no, <laughs> was like so talking. I think sorry. so with it was with Arthur Anderson who don't yeah. exist anymore at the time they were the biggest accounting firm in the world and it was prestigious to work for them right yeah, so of course. I came out of uni and I joined them and it was all about setting my career up and having options. Mm. I was an auditor. You could go anywhere if you're an yeah. auditor after that, you know, becoming a chartered accountant. Yeah. And they, there was, it was kind of like this implicit understanding that you're probably not going to stay, but while you're here, we're going to train you up and we're going to make you really good at what you do and you're going to put in heaps of hours and you're going to learn heaps and you're going to add lots of value to us and the partners are going to make lots of money out of me and all that sort of mm. stuff. We all win. It felt yeah. like a win-win. Mm. And yet, after three years, probably seventy percent of us left, and we'd go off and do other things. And that was part of the, 
the deal. And I think there was something kind of okay about that deal, right? It was like mm. there was a good kind of exchange. Yeah. Like, mm. I'm going to learn. I'm going to become more valuable. You're going to get your pound of flesh. Cool. Mm. But I was young and bomb-proof and we could do that stuff, mm. right? We could just work, you know, 80 hours a week. It was fine. And th- there was this sort of like we don't need to retain you forever. We just want you to, when you're here, you know, you get the most out of us and we'll get the most mm. out of you. And I think mm. there's something, how do we do that in this day and age? That's yeah. a, I don't have an answer to that. Are people and employees specifically getting more literate around, you know, just the conditions for thriving, for one? Mm-hmm. So where can I work that will help that me? That gives do, me what I yeah. need. Yeah. Yep. And then there's the other side of that, just seeing through a lot of what's been happening in the last 20 yeah. years, yeah, which yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. your family. And it's yeah. like, mm, mm. you know, people are getting a little bit itchy around so. that concept mm. of working. Doesn't it no. come down to the experience of mm. your immediate manager? Like, it you, always you does. Both or your team older, as well. And your yeah. team, yeah. right? The yeah. people that you're closest mm. to, like you're living in mm. Copenhagen, mm. next door to people that aren't just people, they're neighbours. And, yeah. you know, it's that, the people that you've really you got to know. about that, them. Yeah, they're You real. don't need to be family, you don't need to be no. friends, but you care yeah. about them as people. Yeah, yeah, and that's your community, right? Mm. And so if you're getting that sense of belonging and connection, you're probably going to stay more. Mm. Yeah. And also meaningful work. Yeah. That's a huge draw card anyway <laughs> where I'm working there yeah, lots yeah. of people want to come and work with us because we're, yeah, yeah, we're doing really meaningful things and change in the city I love that there's this little hierarchy I use which is kind of like Maslow's hierarchy but for workplace yeah at the bottom it's like um, belonging which is I matter so yeah. I have to have that sense of I matter as a human being yeah and then the next level up is it matters so the work is meaningful mm-hmm. and how I'm contributing is using my skills and knowledge and mm. everything, passion, into something that's important. So as I matter, it matters. And the next one is, so it's belonging, bringing, I call that one, like mm. I'm bringing my best yeah. to something important. The next one is I'm growing, which is I'm learning, I'm becoming a better human, mm. I've got more skills or connections or whatever. And at the top is like the well-being, so it's, mm. I'm, I'm great. So mm. it's kind of... I matter, it matters, I'm growing, I'm great. And I thought, to me, there's like a, a lovely sense of well-being in all of that. And if I can, yeah, if I can yeah, tick yeah. all of those things, then I'm probably going to hang around, you know. I'm, yeah. I'm probably going to do good work. That That's value nice. exchange yeah. is probably going to be yeah. a healthy, sustainable one, you know. Mm. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about when you mentioned team and how important that is mm. To, mm. to build a community yeah. around a purpose whether it be a team and that, or whether it be your change makers program, which I think you curate, you don't just mm-hmm. let anybody in through the door. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a curation element, and for you yeah. as well, specifically, you probably interview and you see how it fits and see mm-hmm. if that person yeah. does fit. Same with you, you're like, yeah, that person's good, but I don't think it'll fit in that way. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in how you approach that. How do you facilitate community and connection in what Ooh. you do in your Teams, let's just call them teams, or groups of people that you interact mm. with. Is that a conscious thing, or again, an intuitive-led mm. thing? I've got one example <laughs> yeah, um, to fill the gap. I've got, I've got one team which I call my, like my four clover. Your what, sorry? My four clover. Are they oh, lucky? Clover, is it your lucky team? team they're, they're, they're an awesome team. <laughs> right. Um, they're amazing, but I only had three. I only had a three-leaf clover to start with, and then we've added a fourth clover. <laughs> right, okay. Um, nice. And... You know, they're each absolute experts and fantastic at what they do. Uh-huh. And um, 
it's in it's in my biking space and we've got you know the um one that's really good at pushing boundaries and the mm. sort of trying and doing things one that's really 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 good at designing and understanding how the streets work and sort of that longer term permanent one that's really good at delivering the mm -hmm. works on the street yeah. and then we the the fourth clother that we've just bought in well a year ago now but is the sort of the, the programming and making sure that everything's lining up and resources across the team are working and that we're we're gotcha. all aligning and, and t's are crossed and i's are dotted and the team's reporting back where they need to and without any of those parts they're all fantastic and awesome and they're individuals but together they really become something that's pretty formidable as a team the sum yeah, yeah, the sum is so much better than the parts. I mean, the parts are fantastic as well, don't get me wrong, guys. Yeah. Um, but, you know, <laughs> the sum is absolutely really cool to see. And sometimes they sort of begin to split out and then pulling them yeah. back to that purpose, which is uh, that centre and yeah. combining them. That's I was going to say, what, you, you asked about how do you cultivate. Yeah. What's yeah. your role? How do you define what your role is there? To have You've got this awesome ingredients. Yeah. How do you create the... Yeah the sum being greater than the parts? What's your yeah, well, I mean, I was quite particular in that creation of those yeah. four leaves. Um, yeah. You've still got to provide vision, I would imagine, or paths. Not or... really, they're pretty awesome. Okay, <laughs> they, they, you bring <laughs> yeah. out the vision, yeah. I reckon. Maybe you so probably they, stoke, maybe yeah. as in another well, hope. Like, well, stoke, hope, yeah. stoke. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yes. We, like, it's, it's really cool. And one of the things I've done is, you know, it's really team building. Yeah. bringing them together, making yeah. sure that we're talking right. when we've got differences. Okay, yeah. But, um, you know, it's, it's building that high-performing team um, and ensuring that they're working together and they're having healthy conflict when they've got competing priorities and things yeah. like that. And that's probably where I bring them. So I call them out and then I make them work together. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love it. You, it sounds like your focus is on connection. Yeah. And your, your job is to bring them together to connect to do yeah. the work yeah, and to bring and out the work the even better. And yeah. make the work better. But your job is to get out the way and just kind of like, hey, let me hold the space yeah. for you to... Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Or make sometimes... Sure there's some sorry. sort of water or something coming right. to them so that they're nourished yeah. Yeah, and, then, yeah. and then they can yeah. continue to blossom. That's right. And I mean, I've said to them, I really just want to pull out. That would be yeah. really, you know, when they're just functioning well, without me like at all. Well, it's like three months away, right? Yeah, you, yeah. You've, you've yeah. shown you yeah. can do it. Yeah. Well, that's the ultimate, isn't it? To build something that could run without you. Yeah. In the longer term, and be better year. than what you'd ever envisioned it to be. So. Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. like work yourself out of a job constantly, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I remember because you're putting it into places. Sorry. Yeah, no, and I remember a GM um, that I used to work with in Perth, and he would say he used to run a big call center, like hundreds of people, and he would say to all his team leaders, "Your job is to make yourself redundant." And I thought that was great. You know, it's like so a you can move on to more interesting mm. things, and b you provide room for someone else to step mm. into your shoes, right? Mm. What a great mantra. Yeah. Good leaders great other good leaders. Yeah. Or great yeah. leaders great good And keep leaders. moving, keep mm. evolving. Yeah. Hey? yeah. You asked what's the question about cultivating. How do you well, yeah. in terms of what you do then, we talked mm. about four leaf clover <laughs> like that. It was like yeah. uh, but when you bring your programs together or humans yeah. together for, to deliver the program with them, how how conscious of you of curating yeah. and managing that yeah. group of humans? Because I've been lucky to attend a couple yeah and there seems uh well i would love to know maybe we start by going if you can recall your experiences what would you say the culture was of the group that you experienced empowered 
uh-huh. because I remember a couple of instances where I went. I think I've been twice to yep, yours. You I've been yeah, yeah. invited to come and speak, which has been delightful. But I remember both occasions and an, indivi- an individual in the group kind of managing other people speaking yeah. to allow the speaker their time because they can talk whenever. I really like that. <laughs> but that was that was subtle, but it was important because yeah. I could see the dynamic in the group yeah. of ownership and, and empowerment, mm. that they could manage each other. And they were all leaders in their mm-hmm. own right. Mm-hmm. So you got that balance and diverse. Yeah, diverse that's really well. That would helpful. be my feedback. And it triggers me to think about what I do because I think when I started it five years ago, the whole intent is still true now. It's to bring what I love to call restless go-getter mm. types yeah. who are wanting to make change in their respective fields or wherever they are. They're often lonely and so they're a bit of a lone voice. And so it's like, well, what if we got all those people in a room together and create an environment mm. where they could support each other, even though they may not be working on the same mm. thing, mm. what would happen? And so holding that question then shaped my role so part of it is like, yeah, there's some tools and there's content mm. and IP and stuff to help you do your job better as a change maker. But I, I think that's a secondary piece for me. It's not okay. being the expert in the content. I think it's the bringing together. If you think about that pyramid, it's mm. the it's the belonging bit. I matter, and I'm seen because I'm feeling a bit mm. you know, like a lone voice. And then others are the same. So I think my job is to go, hey, you're similar and, yeah, you belong here. How would you test for that? Oh, great question. <laughs> so I... Yeah, you've got... There's application processes quite special, well, yeah, isn't Yeah, well, at yeah. Council, where yeah. we run it as an in-house program, we definitely don't take anyone and yeah. also run a public program mm-hmm. and also run it for a few other organisations as well. And it's really good at Council because it's really stringent. You've got to show oh, right. that yeah, you are invested yeah. uh, okay. in some sort of change initiative. Very elite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a certain sort of version of person. Like, anyway, there's a there's a and you've got to you've got to show that you're restless. That you want to. Mm. I, I like to say mm. you want to work beyond your job description, right? Mm. So nice. that this idea of valve, it's like no job description. They could all mm. be changed. Cute, right? right? Yeah, cool. And and then there's this. So I, I usually say there's a few criteria. One is you've you've got to be willing to learn collectively. So mm. this is not a coaching program where you get one on one. Okay. You do yes. get a bit of one on one, but it's like this is a collective learning environment. So you've got to be willing right. to show up and be vulnerable, and also support others to be vulnerable. Mm. Right. Um, you've got to think beyond your job description. So you want to grow something that's beyond this bit here. And you want to have grow as a person as well. This is not a program where you're just being, your cup is being filled up with tools. You actually have to evolve. And then Mm. you've got to invest the time. eh? Mm. So we're kind of testing Mm. for those things. And then once people get over those hoops or through those hoops, there's almost like I've earned my way here. And so I am really ready to lean in. And the other thing I think has helped actually, we, we tend not to start just with a fresh cohort. We're linking it with the papa, so the people that have come uh, okay, before yeah. you overlap yeah and they'll either be there or you know when you come into the room there's a whole lot of people that have already walked the journey mm. and so the culture sort of transfers yeah. you know and 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 i think so that makes my job easier because the people that are in the room carry the culture mm. they are the yeah. culture and yeah, my job is nice. just to kind of help create the space 
uh, for that to happen and, you know, bring some energy. Mm. Uh, it's a very similar to what you're talking about. Mm. You know, it's the kind of get out of the way and let them do amazing stuff. And the more I learn about it, it's like the less I'm in trying to poke, probably yeah. the better. Really. Yeah. Maybe to start with, a bit like a plant, yeah. might need some, you know, stakes to help it grow to start with. And then it's like... We love this analogy. We're going to keep it. This is the gardening uh -huh. show, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what you were saying is interesting. We used to do something very similar when I used to run the TEDx program. And mm -hmm. we put all the speakers through a five-week coaching experience, but yeah. as a group. Yeah. So they develop the sense go. of connection. Yeah. They develop into a funnel, basically. Yeah. But we'd always invite past speakers back mm -hmm. for the first yeah. three weeks. Yeah. So they'd come in nice. and they'd be like yeah. a featured... You know, this is what they learned. You know, this is what I should have done. This is what I learned not yeah, to do and stuff. Yeah, but powerful. most of them validated our process very quickly yeah. because mm. they were there in the first week and saying, yes, yeah. lean into mm. this. And it's not coming from you. No, it's coming from them. Exactly. Mm. Someone who'd, who'd already done it. It's a clever trick. Yeah. And it works. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, to validate. There's something I'm interested in to, I'm wondering about your team experience. Something that happens with the Changemakers community People say, I feel so safe so quickly. Mm. And there's this high trust that's just there. And I I don't know if I've got to the bottom of what happens there, but it might okay. be a lot of what I've just described. But there's something about, I think it's that culture carrying forward that people Could are be. a bit like, this is how you roll at a TEDx. Yeah. This is how you roll in my team. And without you having to say it, it's just kind of there in the water mm. almost, you know. I don't know, I think especially, I mean, I've, I haven't done the Changemakers course, but I know that that validation of that, you know, that those people that in, go to Changemakers are that they're validated and that they've been chosen to be a part mm. of that mm. really is fantastic and opens them up and yeah. they've, you know, consciously chosen to do it the same with the TEDx. You know, people have constantly, yeah. they've yes. chosen to be there. Exactly. And, you know, if yes. you go into something with eyes wide open, you know, you, you want to you want to try and make the best out of it yeah, you can. You do. Um, and you want other people to have a good experience as well. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I think it's, yeah, the eyes wide open things and the, you know, I'm, I'm always a class half full kind of person. <laughs> good, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think that there's, and it's, again, this is the design line a little bit, you know, the chances that you get along the way, you, you know, you probably wouldn't do it if you weren't prepared to throw yourself in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and right. see what comes out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where's that for you now? Like, where's the throw yourself in bit for you now? Oh, this is this little side hustle that I'm... Yeah, um, tell us um, not, it's, 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 it's within work, but it's trying to... So um, one thing that I love about my job, um, it's like a dream job. And <laughs> what I've managed to do is I've got both the transport and the urban planning. And yeah. so, you know, yeah, you, can't, yeah, yeah. you can't just have one of them. They're so interconnected. Yeah. And if you've got good spaces for people moving, then you've got good spaces for people being. And then you've got good nice. um, framing. Yeah. It's beautiful. You know, the yeah. frame has to be right as well. The, build, the city, the buildings need to frame that in the biophilia, you know, um, all the trees and green and how that creates makes people happy and mental health and all those things. So I've been quite focused the last couple of years on the, the bike network and that was a high yeah. priority of councillors. Yeah. Um, but with that, we're also working really closely with mana whenua and yeah. understanding the places and the history and mm. the layers um, below and, and how we express yeah. them and do placemaking as we're delivering on transport projects. And now I'm sort of moving over to the other side a little, swaying the pendulum back to the urban and trying to think about city regeneration. Mm. So how do we 
um, especially along some of the, the big transport projects that are going to be coming. How do we, with the district plan, we've got the, you know, the zonings there, the kind of the frames set up, there's there's the rules are there, the all of that's sitting there, but what does that live like? You know, how, mm. how do we make that rule around six stories, six stories, how does that look good and, and how mm-hmm. does that feel good and how do we live in that good? Yeah. And Great so questions. beginning to think about, well, what, when we're looking at our current city structure, how do we how do we work with developers and with Kang Order and other kind of people to make that make the city we want, mm-hmm. um, rather than mm-hmm. orchestrated a bit actually towards yeah. saying w- w- where do we want to be in fifty years or thirty years or ten yeah. years and what are the key catalyst projects mm-hmm. that we need to do that and one of the things that I think is probably quite important is getting some bigger developments and this is maybe an influence again from Copenhagen but you know seeing how well perimeter block buildings work if you're living in the city yeah. so that you've got communal spaces yep. you've got um, yeah. edges which are defined yeah. which then yeah. create the street and the city but on the inside you've got the soft mm-hmm. and your neighbour mm-hmm. and your interactions mm-hmm. and your light and all so of those like types hutongs, of things. the old hutongs in yeah. um, China yeah. I remember going to Beijing well because I demolished we most of them yeah. Hey. Yeah. and I remember getting a book of about yeah. hutongs yeah. as a result of that and it was like yeah there's this world outside and then inside there's this sanctuary yeah. in the hutong. It's amazing. Yeah. I used to just wander around them. Yeah, yeah. That's I can remember we stayed in a, ho- in a hutong um, hotel when we were there, and it's just amazing that, yeah. that the space that you yeah. come into, it was one of the really old ones. Yeah. <laughs> very, very cheap hotel. <laughs> Probably doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. It was just amazing, that, that yeah. the difference between in and out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I had a follow-up question, though. Yeah. When you were speaking yeah. about 10, you know, or 50, 20, 10 years, the other way, uh, you mentioned biophilia, we're so associated with Zealandia and all that work mm. that they're doing up there, right? They've got some research department that talks about mm. the the rewilding of the city, yeah, which is amazing. So we're one of the, as I understand it, biophilic cities in the yeah, world. one of the founding cities. There we go. Yeah. Wow. See? Mm. So that means, you know biophilia then? I am learning really fast. Okay, <laughs> just, just, just nature's you. influence yeah. in how one, in, in design Beautiful. and how you can use nature Love to it. make you feel yeah. part of nature yeah. and feeling That's connected awesome. to nature mm. and stuff like that. But it can also extend further into actually mm. like biomimicry a little bit. Yeah. 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 Anyway, mm. but in Zealandia, they have a 500-year plan new yeah. strategy, yeah. which is amazing because mm-hmm. that's how long it takes for the kori trees to mature up there, and that's yeah. what they're rewilding up there. Mm-hmm. In terms of a city, we're getting maybe 50-year plans. Yeah. I, I grew up in a house that was 120 years old yeah. when I was growing up there, right? So, and I got three castles where I grew up. Yeah. So that's what I think we miss in New Zealand, oh, I, the, the idea yeah. of deep time. Oh, and we yes. don't talk about deep time here as much. Well, so we don't know deep time. Th- there we go. Certainly, such Paki, a new... Pakiha probably we don't. Yeah. I suspect yeah, yeah. there's. However, that's something that we can bring. Is that concept of you know, twelve eighty two was the last Prince of Wales who was killed by the English. That's why we still like the English. <laughs> if you want to go back that far, that's why we... yeah. silly. But there we go. But the point here is, it. if we're talking about Wellington City, just as a city. Like what's the 500-year plan for the city? Yeah, mm. and and what would happen if we had a 500-year deep time, yeah. long now sort of frame? Mm. Yeah, long now. How would that. that shape our decisions? Mm. Into and also the pace at which we do things. Like, would we 
would we slow down a little bit and go, well, actually, we don't need to yeah. rush this through. Because we're not going to finish this. Yeah, it's like... We're going to hand it off to like our next Gaudi generation. That, yeah, you know, it's been exactly. 300 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're paying uh, it forward. Uh, yeah, like, and we're not thinking in terms of 5, 10, 20-year yeah. yeah. blocks. We're thinking in terms of 5. What would that do to how we think about the work we do today? Mm. Both in leadership and in the city design. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. is that... Huge questions. Mind-blowing questions. Well, it's challenging really? because yeah. you have to... Bu- but yeah. up literally against a four-year cycle, five-year yeah, cycle. Well, year cycle. well, and you think about... Yeah. So you're constantly going up to this like instant kind of oh, yeah. um, It does my head culture. Yeah. Yeah. I, so one of the things I'm researching on this sabbatical is this idea of unhurried and unhurried yeah. productivity. And, and the more I talk to people, particularly in public sector, there's this three-year election cycle which just drives a certain time frame of mm. decision-making. Yep. And yeah, you know, I was talking to someone at, um, from Inland Revenue who said the only one of the only reasons we we made that massive transformation that Inland Revenue had done, um, the whole way they do tax in New Zealand, is because it was a ten-year funding. You know, ten years isn't even that long, but it's longer than most mm. thinking. Mm. And this, how do we this idea of really going look? What's the long game that yeah. we're playing here? Yeah. And and what's our bit in a game that might live a lot longer than us? Like you know, I love mm. this idea of be a good descendant mm. on a what's come before you. A big time scale, yeah. Do your bit, and then mm. be a good ancestor for yeah. what comes yeah. next. But only do your bit and realize that it, you know, we build long. something short and shitty now, you know, crappy now that might not last. There's a lot of cost to our grandkids and mm. many many Oddly, descendants, yeah. right? Mm. So that's something I'm really, mm. how do we shift that thinking and this idea of a five, I want to go and talk to people as they land here now. I'll put you in touch with But also yeah. that just building, you know, because um, there has been probably the last 30 years or so, there has been this culture of disposable buildings. So yeah. you, you, build, yeah. you build your car park building or you build your building for with the floor heights that suit the purpose that you're building it mm-hmm. for instead of creating a building which mm-hmm. can shift from being office to apartment mm-hmm. to... Yeah. You know, the depths and all of yes. the, the geometries designed for what you want it for. And then there's an assumption that you'll, you know, knock it down and you'll build something yep. new. Yep. And that's when you look back at some of those old cities, they, they built for 100 years yes. or more. And they yep. built for eternity. So they created that flexibility. They didn't use, you know, they had um, the bearing walls and then they had the non-bearing yep. walls so that you could change the... The layout, your, the layout of your apartments, go. if you wanted to, depending on what your family needed, and and all those types of things. And so, one of the things we're doing at Wellington is we've got our digital twin, which is mm-hmm. the which I'm sure you've been looking at a little bit. Um, but we're beginning to think about well, how do we map back those 500 years yeah. so that you then can mm-hmm. you know forecast out. What's the bigger 500 arc? years is huge, but like I, that's just my Even just 100. But you know, we're talking yeah. about 50 years. You know, climate change, sea level rise, yep. um, adaptation. The, you know, if we've got Kiwi, what is it? We've got 15 out there now and there's another about to be released. You know, what happens? That was one of the things that actually attracted me back to Wellington. I was like, how cool is yeah. it that they're talking about urban Kiwi instead of we want to get rid of rats? They're talking about yeah. what we want. What we and want, we want rather urban, than what we don't want. What we're aspiring to on a mm-hmm. long time frame as well. Yeah. So I just, yeah, that it's, it's a huge shift in the way that we build and do and live. And it's, it's a whole fundamental shift in values again um you're, you're triggering hard. something else for me here yeah. too so you know post cyclone gabriel yeah. there's a lot of talk about resilience of infrastructure yeah. right now right and my 
there's a there's an ignorance here. Uh, what I'm hoping is that the conversation just is about how do we build roads a little bit higher above the river, mm. so the next flood will be clear. I'm hoping there's a bigger conversation around how do we want to live as a society and what does that mean for where we choose to build and how we build and what our towns look like, you know, not just over in Hawke's mm. Bay but around New yeah. Zealand. Like, and what's that 100-year or 200-year view? Yeah. And I'm wondering, is that rebuild conversation being formed by that bigger conversation? I don't know the answer, but yeah. I'm hoping that that's, that's the maturity is there to enable that as opposed to, right, how fast can we build some more roads and get or all the logs away, right? Rebuild as is without yeah. testing any yeah. of the bigger build assumptions, back better. right? As a th- catch-all yeah. phrase. No, but build, yeah. build back better can also be what you're talking about there, totally. you know. I Because I had the same sort of those first few days, and I was like, why are people mm-hmm. not talking about water sensitive urban design, you know, from Auckland? Mm-hmm. And there were, mm-hmm. like, Kayangora, I think, had opened um, a new wetland stream area okay. like a few weeks beforehand, and it managed to hold all that water and then oh, release wow. it um, afterwards. And when I was in Copenhagen here in summer, the, yeah, or in the European yeah. summer, all of their basketball courts and football courts now are about three metres deep because they're part of the mm-hmm. overland um, stormwater network. Yeah. And then they're retention basins, so yep. they can store a huge amount of water until the system's ready for it to be yep. released back yep. out. So there's lots of things we can do in how we build the city and design yeah. it. And uh-huh. also, you know, Eden Park... Drained yeah. because they had a whole lot of retention underneath. There you go. Underneath the playing field, and the playing field was also in good shape afterwards because it could seep through, and there was sort of mm-hmm. stones and things to capture it. Was my understanding, but I think that that whole question is it. Is it just because it's the wounds still too fresh? Possibly, and I'm not saying it's yeah. not happening. I'm just not noticing it. Aware of yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, and well, yeah. one of the big things about New Zealand, I've spent like what nearly twelve years here. Mm is the lack of reaching beyond your grasp on a national scale. Oh, yeah, tell us more about mm. that. And in terms of, like, I think about... I remember being invited to give a talk at one of the um, Rotary Club things about designing Wellington and the future of... And I start, I was trying to be provocative, and I think I was, but uh, I wasn't <laughs> trying to be glib, I was just trying yeah. to be, you know... Mm-hmm. I said, so just think about what Wellington is known on an international stage. What do we lead the world in mm. here? Or even New Zealand? Well, we might have the All Blacks. People reference Lord of the Rings to me constantly. Mm. When I travel, you know, it's like, oh, Lord of the Rings. Uh, and I've always wanted to go. Yeah. However, we lead the world in suicides for young people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, huh. Yeah. And we lead the world in OECD for running uh, the ease of which to open up a business here. Right, okay. But we're not really kind of doing anything else yeah. on the state, ap- apart from maybe some security around, you know, democracy. Yeah. Cool, I'm not knocking mm. that. But as cities, as, as you know, we're a very rich country. We can kind of reach beyond our grasp here. I don't think we've got the imagination What, what way? I was going to ask you, what do you think that's about? So if I contrast it with what Wales have been doing mm. the last couple of years, the future mm-hmm. generations policy, yeah. the future generations minister, mm-hmm. advocating for people who are unborn, yeah. about every policy decision mm-hmm. that's being made. Now they've just employed a transporter. I don't know if you checked out the transport right, okay. policy. Yeah. yeah, you can't build oh, any no, new roads yeah, in yeah. Wales. Mm. So do we Because need... it's failed as a transport kind of policy. Yeah. We've got to get more yeah. roads to get more go. people around. No. No, so we're they... not even going to go there. No, yeah. but you, only, you can build if you, you can prove it beyond you know, recognition of what it is. Mm. I'm not saying Wells is all good and all singing and jazz hands at the moment. I'm just saying there's examples of things that we could do really simply. 
and I'd be remiss to say that you know I find it frustrating living here when we travel and yeah. see mm. how lucky mm. we have it here, yeah. how rich we have it here, and the potential here. We just don't have the imagination. I, I wonder whether we need a few more of those Western Australian type stories. Okay. You know the we went big, we yeah. fell on our face, but man, we learned and then we, we went reached. big again yeah, yeah. and we reached. And mm. does and I think doing it in a in a conscious way as a, rather than a purely extractive way, for example, yeah. right? a really ecosystem focused way. But we're going to go big. Because that is the pioneering story mm. you get in West Australia. You don't get it so much on the East Coast, but you get it on the West Coast. It's the only the thing I challenge coast, there is right? yeah. instead of big, best. Yeah, 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 you know, totally right. And it's like doesn't that, have to be big. We're too book. small to be big. Well, there's that mm. lovely book, Small Giants, which companies mm. that choose to be great rather than big. And I love mm. that yeah. book because that's it's, a lovely frame. That's, isn't it? that's a beautiful ethos in that. So it's like, yeah, what does amazing look like as mm. opposed to be the biggest? And yeah, that that's. I would just wonder whether there's a bit of that that could be mm. yeah, woven in more. Yeah, I'm aware of time. We're to not. wrap it up. We're not, yeah. You're not. You've well into it. Yeah, Is it yeah. We're up to about nearly one hour forty. <laughs> oh, I know. It goes like that, doesn't it? But you said about. You asked a question at the end, and I'd like to reposition it. This is uh, Courageous Conversations with Bold Humans as the tagline for Creative Welly. Mm -hmm. I love the courageous bit of that. Mm -hmm. What does courage look like in your world? Professionally or personally, I don't mind, but what does courage look like in your worlds? I actually think it's probably going back to where we started and mm -hmm. you know, being able to hear what other people say and speak to people that you don't agree with in a way that you can have a conversation and you can change your mind and they can change their mind. But to courage is having conversations with people that aren't just gonna group think yeah. with you mm. in today's world. That's, that is, yeah, tough in today's mm. world, right? Both in work and personal circumstances. Is that as well. I would Thank say you. going against the grain when everyone is saying, no, don't do that. It's mm. too dangerous, whatever. Still doing it mm. anyway, mm. because deep down, that's the path. And I, I would love to see more of that in the world because I think if we see more of people listening to actually this is the right path, even though it's not the path with the grain. Mm. Um, and we bring those people together, we can go bold mm. and reach beyond our grasp more confidently. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, thank you. What about you? Oh, I thought I got away with it. <laughs> no. I was just going to wrap it up. Yeah. Personally, courage for me is doing stuff like this because I always reveal a little bit of myself. Mm. Um, in a last but one session, I, I, I was talking this to a couple and I just mentioned that I'm hearing impaired and they were, oh, I never knew that. And it was fascinating to then talk about my hearing difficulties and things like that. Mm. So I love having these types of conversations because it draws out of me just reactionary things that happens. And then wider than that, I think courage is, yeah, in an abstract term, is, uh, is just holding on a little bit mm. too long than feels comfortable. <laughs> holding on. And whatever you mean that to be, it's just like mm. just a little bit longer. Beautiful. But I also love just to finish it off there's a beautiful Zen proverb that says, let go or be dragged. <laughs> so there's something to be said as well about something, sometimes courage is letting go yeah. as well as holding on for a little bit too long. Love it. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was Creative Welly, episode 42. Thank you for your ears and time here. Big shout out to John O'Tucker, who creates the unique video podcast for this over at Flash Dog Studio. Sorry, over at Empire Films. Flash Dog Studio is the people who host us, and thanks to David Hamilton for that. My name's DK, and keep having courageous conversations with bold humans. <laughs>